another edition of PEM Currents. Once again, I'm your host, Brad Soboleski, at PEM Tweets on Twitter and author of PEM Blog, the Pediatric Emergency Medicine Educational Website. So today I'm going to talk about strep pharyngitis, good old group A strep infections of the throat. And you're thinking, all right, why is he doing this topic? Shouldn't you be doing something like sepsis or limbs falling off or, you know, anything dramatic? Well, sure, but this is also a big part of what we see in the emergency department. And I wanted to answer some common questions. And this is not going to be an exhaustive discussion of strep, but it really delves into some topics that I think should get some more play in discussions about treating this incredibly common illness. And the first question that comes up is, well, why should I test with a rapid strep in the first place? I mean, their throat is red, they've got pus there, some other kid had strep at school. Just go ahead and treat them. I think that that's a really valid question, but first of all, we stink at diagnosing strep throat. Even the best in the world is basically a 50-50 coin flip between viral or bacterial causes on physical examination. So I advocate using the rapid strep test in children, and I'll get into why it's valuable in kids of a certain age and not adults. First of all, if you're going to do a rapid strep, you got to do it the right way. You can't have the patient spit on the Q-tip, I've seen that done, or just swab their tongue. The child's mouth needs to be opened all the way. You have to have a full view of the tonsils, and this often requires a holder and a tongue blade. Swab the tonsils, both of them, and then promptly place the swabs into the vial. The bottom line is that the rapid strep is a really diagnostic and accurate test. So if you're concerned about strep and the rapid strep is positive, well, then they've got strep throat. The specificity is 98 to 99%. Conversely, the sensitivity is about 90 to 95%. So effectively, you can tell parents that about 5% of the time, if that rapid strep test is negative, you're going to have to send a backup test to confirm whether or not you should start treatment on this child. And in my institution, this is a molecular test or a culture. They're both great, and depending on where you're at, you may see one or the other used. Now, you may see people that care for adults not follow up a negative rapid strep with a culture. This isn't just a cost savings measure. Group A strep pharyngitis has an incredibly low prevalence in grown-ups. The risk of rheumatic fever, which we'll talk a little bit more later, is also exceptionally low. So unless your pretest probability is super high, you know, their kids have it, their spouse has it, then you would sort of be justified by skipping a backup test. All right, so kids under three, is it possible for them to get strep throat? And when I was in training, I was always told that, nope, nope, under three, can't get strep. That's not exactly true. Obviously, the peak age of strep pharyngitis is between ages five and 10. It's not that kids under five, especially under three, can't get strep throat. They certainly can get infections back there. It's just that they don't get rheumatic fever. And it's thought that you need repeated exposure to group A strep to get the immune response to kick in. So the overall prevalence of group A strep throat in these kids under three is way less than 5%. That is, less than one out of 20 kids that has a pharyngitis at this age range actually has strep throat pharyngitis. The group A strep syndrome in kids under three isn't the same as in older kids. They've got fever, mucopurulent rhinitis, excoriated nares, diffuse adenopathy, and that exudative pharyngitis that you see in the bigger kids, well, pretty darn rare. Now, 
If an older sibling has a confirmed case of group A strep pharyngitis, then it's reasonable to test the toddler, but yeah, you probably don't need to do it otherwise if the complaint is sore throat or red throat. They are much, much more likely to have a virus. And even if they do have strep, we'll talk about this a little more later, it will get better on its own. As for treating these little wee ones, well, you know, unless you have an intention to treat, again, don't test. Spend time discussing things with the family instead of waiting for that rapid strep. There's this notion of, well, my kid's a strep carrier, and anytime the rapid strep test is positive, he should get treatment. And I see lots of kids get their throat swabbed, and yet they don't have a classic clinical story for strep throat. So approximately 20% of asymptomatic children are chronic carriers of group A strep bacteria. That doesn't necessarily mean that they chronically have infection, it just means that it lives back there like a squatter. So if your pretest probability for strep is really low, i.e. you think that they have a virus, you know, especially if they have cold symptoms or throat ulcers, then don't test because you may get a positive test in a carrier that you're then inclined to treat when the child doesn't really need antibiotics. Speaking of physical exam findings, well, we all know that there's a classic story for many illnesses and for strep throat, it's exposure to a known carrier, fever, headache, tender anterior cervical lymph nodes, palatal petechiae with uh, red throat and tonsillar exudate. Symptoms often have a sudden onset, you know, less than 12 hours. And other mucous membranes, well, conjunctivitis, coryza, or things like diarrhea or viral like exanthems, well, those aren't present. But the bottom line is that there's no real one physical exam finding that reliably differentiates group A strep from a virus. So again, if you've got a high suspicion, especially the child's between the ages of 5 and 10, and your exam and history suggests it, do a rapid strep. So I mentioned before that strep gets better on its own, and that's actually true. I don't know if that's like a hidden secret of medicine, but if you were on a desert island and did not have access to antibiotics and you got strep throat, it would actually get better on its own in 5 to 7 days. Antibiotics do help kids feel better quicker, but the real reason that we are so insistent on testing for strep and making sure that kids have it is because we want to prevent rheumatic fever. And ideally, you'll institute adequate antimicrobial therapy within nine days of infection. Other complications of pharyngitis, including peritonsillar abscesses, are quite rare in kids younger than 10. And even those older than 10 that get peritonsillar abscesses, well, you'll see the rapid strep will often be negative, and that's because these are polymicrobial infections. Again, let's harp on the benefits of early treatment and why we would test a kid. Therapy within 48 hours of the symptom appearance does shorten the duration of symptoms overall. It can limit the spread to other children, and let's face it, it allows the patient and family to return to their usual routine sooner, back to school, back to work. Many daycares or schools require 24 hours of treatment. Now, there have been some recent studies coming out that say if the child is afebrile and looking well after a single dose and 12 hours of amoxicillin and, or another antibiotic, then they can go back to school. You got to check with the parents and or the primary care doctor to see if this is a reasonable approach to sending patients back to school if you see them in the urgent care or emergency department. Now, there are some disadvantages to early therapy you may have a higher failure rate secondary to the patient's inability to create an immune response to the infection. If you're treating and you don't have a confirmation of a rapid strep, you can certainly cause complications from giving antibiotics to the children who don't need them, 
like the characteristic exanthem that occurs in children with Epstein-Barr infections that get antibiotics and don't need them, or serum sickness-like reaction, which I'm seeing increasingly in the emergency department. Interestingly, outbreaks of rheumatic fever may be more related to the pathogen itself rather than prevalence of disease or failures in treatment. In terms of what to treat with, well, for patients without a penicillin allergy, amoxicillin is the best oral choice because of its palatability. You can certainly do oral penicillin V as well. Um, amoxicillin can be dosed once a day. I know this may be game-changing for some of you, but amoxicillin, 50 milligrams per kilogram to a max of one gram once a day for 10 days is effective for the treatment of group A strep pharyngitis. You do not have to do twice a day or three times a day dosing for healthy kids that have strep throat. Kids allergic to the penicillins, alcephalexin, ceftonir, clindamycin, azithromycin are all reasonable options. Penicillin G is always a good option for the child who will not or cannot tolerate oral medications, but remember, it is like injecting toothpaste into the muscle. Go ahead and give it a try sometime if you haven't. It will be a unique experience. There's a question that's often come up in the emergency department is whether or not you should actually treat despite a negative rapid strep. So, yes, group A strep is the primary organism of concern in most pediatric cases of pharyngitis. But in adolescents and adults, Fusobacterium necroform pharyngitis was actually more common in some populations than group A beta hemolytic strep. That's a bacteria that you probably want to treat so you can avoid causing Lemire syndrome. So you could have a patient with a bad sore throat that you think might be mono, could be strep, but it could also be polymicrobial or another bacteria. So if you have a teenager with concern for bad pharyngitis or unilateral pharyngitis, especially a peritonsal or abscess, well then you should treat them. If you have a child that looks like they have scarlet fever and you get a negative rapid strep, well that can be a clinical diagnosis. I would go ahead and treat in that situation as well. But in general, in kids ages five to 10, if your rapid strep is negative, it is quite safe to wait for that backup or confirmatory test. Just make sure you get contact information from the family. In terms of symptomatic relief for the strep throat patient, you know, because sore throat is one of the main complaints that they have, generally ibuprofen or Tylenol work just fine. Make sure that the child is able to push fluids and stay hydrated. Some experts will advocate giving dexamethasone in particularly uncomfortable kids because it may reduce pain and decrease symptom duration for viral pharyngitis and streptococcal pharyngitis. Now, this has primarily been shown in the adult population, but in children, some studies have shown the length of symptoms has been minimally improved with adjunct steroid use. Now, only in kids with significant discomfort or significant symptoms should you really deploy this therapy. I would go with dexamethasone, 0.6 milligram per kilogram, not to exceed 10 milligrams. And you can go oral tablets or the IV for PO version or suspension, but note that most suspensions are very dilute and tastes like licking a tire. I would not, however, give dexamethasone if you're concerned that the etiology is non-infectious, you know, like cancer. So that's all I've got as a hodgepodge list of topics in strep throat. I guess the big take-homes for me in doing the review for this podcast were that you can really treat strep with once-a-day antibiotics. 
test kids, especially between the ages of 5 and 10, and people that have close contacts with strep. A backup molecular test or culture is valuable, especially if you think that the likelihood of strep is high. In adults, conversely, this can be omitted. And finally, though you're only likely to encounter rheumatic fever if you read Little Women, spoiler alert, I guess, you should still be worried about it. And thus, any kid that has strep should get antibiotics within nine days of the onset of symptoms. Well, that's all I've got this time. Again, this has been Brad Soboleski for PEM Currents, the Pediatric Emergency Medicine Podcast. Here's hoping that your tonsils are symmetric, your uvula midline, and your rapid strep test negative. See you next time.